This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. With our hot summer weather in full force, it's important to be aware that your baby could potentially become dehydrated. And babies, especially the tiny new ones, are more susceptible to dehydration because of their size. And the signs can be easy to miss. It is a really big challenge because, as we all know, babies tend that they can't sweat so they tend to be more likely to overheat than anything else women that have babies in the winter they can add lots and lots of layers and work to keep baby warm it's very hard in our climate to actually do the same thing in the summer to actually get baby cooled down you know this particularly when you're breastfeeding you've got baby up against your skin it's very very easy for both mum and bub to get quite hot dehydration might be one of the last things on your mind when you bring your baby home i mean i know that you've got a lot to worry about and it's easy to feel completely overwhelmed with what you're suddenly responsible for when you're in solo charge of a newborn. But this week we're going to revisit a favourite podcast to find out how to make sure you and your baby can survive the summer heat and be on the lookout for any potential worries regarding dehydration. This week on Baby Talk, we're going to be talking to experienced midwife Liz Wilkes about how to make sure your baby doesn't get dehydrated in the summer heat. With well over 20 years of experience, Liz works with young mothers to help them care for their very new babies. And Liz, how long have you been working in this field of helping new parents, especially in those really difficult first few weeks? Um, I've been a midwife for 23 years now, so a fair few births I've seen and women that I've looked after. My main focus is looking after women from early in pregnancy right through until their baby's about six or so weeks old. So I actually follow a model that's called continuity of care. So I look after women sort of from the start all the way through their labour and birth and to six weeks after. So that's a sort of a distinct way of providing care and I really enjoy that sort of contact with women for that period of time. In my experience of me (laughs) and some of my friends, especially for that first baby, you're gearing up to that, the delivery, which is pretty tough. I I think that first six weeks of looking after a baby on your own can take a lot of women by surprise. Look, I think that most women, it's fair to say that most women prepare for the birth and that they put all their efforts into getting ready, making sure that everything's going to go in a straightforward way for the birth. But they don't put as much focus into what's going to happen when they take baby home. And I do find, just as you've said, that the first two weeks is almost like a, you know, it's like a shock for many, many women how tired they are, what their feelings are like. And then it sort of settles back down over the next four to six weeks. So the six-week mark is a really sort of big milestone because most women can sort of feel like they're starting to get over the hump then. But my gosh, it takes it out of you. I, I even remember it with my first baby and I'd been a midwife for quite a while when I had a baby. So it's, yeah, it's a big challenge. Part of that challenge is realising that you've got this extremely dependent thing that needs you, beautiful baby that you love more than anything. But there's some really big responsibilities that are now resting on your shoulder. And 
yeah, I had a, a February baby, so I had a little one when the weather was really hot for us in Australia, and suddenly that whole temperature regulation, dehydration, having a baby in summer, especially a little baby in summer, can present us with a few problems. Yeah, look, it is a really big challenge because as we all know, babies tend that they can't sweat, so they tend to be more likely to overheat than anything else. You know, women that have babies in the winter, they can add lots and lots of layers and work to keep baby warm. It's very hard in our climate to actually do the same thing in the summer to actually get baby cooled down, you know, this, particularly when you're breastfeeding, you've got baby up against your skin. It's very, very easy for both mum and bub to get quite That in itself presents a few difficulties. Can you give us a, and not to scare the living daylights out of anybody, but if your baby does get hot, what, what are some of the risks they're going to run? It is a big thing that they can obviously get quite dehydrated quite quickly. Most babies won't do that. So I guess we need to focus on the fact that that's not going to happen very often, but that the extremes of weather, having your baby in a quite a hot environment and potentially not feeding it as well as you should can cause them to become quite dehydrated quite quickly. So it is it's really important that women are mindful of both the temperature of their environment and also the amount that their baby is taking in in terms of, of fluid because baby can get dehydrated quite quickly. Other things are, you know, heat rash and, and smaller, less sort of dramatic things. But dehydration is probably the biggest and I guess the most risky for bub. The difficulty, of course, with breastfeeding is that there is no volume monitor. And how do you know that you are getting enough fluid in for your baby. Yeah, and look, that is that is the biggest thing. I guess when women are breastfeeding, it's really important to actually look for the signs of dehydration in their baby and to look at what their baby is doing. You know, you can be find that baby will feed much more frequently if it's starting to feel dehydrated. So initially it will regulate itself. So it will just want to feed, feed, feed all the time. It will still look as if it's moist, i.e. its mucous membranes will be still moist, its little mouth will be moist. And it will be still passing urine when it's really well hydrated. Babies that are not well hydrated start sort of stopping passing urine. Their urine looks more concentrated, more yellow, and particularly in those first few days can even look kind of like an orangey sort of colour. It can get some urates in it. That can be a sign that baby's dehydrated. And obviously sort of sunken eyes, it can get very, very lethargic and very, very tired. Now they're they're at the extremes. Normal breastfeeding babies that are breastfeeding regularly will not get to that level but you know it is it is a constant sort of tricky juggle and balance of whether baby's getting enough or not and obviously the support of a midwife or a child health nurse during that period can be very very useful in just checking over that baby's going okay. And it's not something you want to muck around with if you do feel that your baby is dehydrated, you do need to see a health professional. Yeah, certainly not. You know, if you've got a baby that you've even got any concerns around, you know, it hasn't passed urine, even for sort of half a day, if it's not weeing really, really regularly, and it's sort of looking dry, if it's 
cry gets quite high pitched or its eyes look a little bit sunken or the fontanelle on the back of on the top of its head is looking a little bit sunken it's really important to sing out straight away not to sort of sit on it for even half a day because it can be literally quite a serious situation for bub if it is getting severely dehydrated the other difficulty that babies face because they are actually smaller and it's something to do with the ratio of their body surface to their mass they they do get hotter faster and they do dehydrate quicker than older children and adults yeah that's exactly right you know so because they are smaller and their head the the ratio is the fact that their head is so large compared to their body and they lose and maintain a lot of their heat through their head it actually is really really easy for them to get overheated fairly quickly it's important to make sure that just sensible things like bub is not dressed in you know layers of clothing it's not sitting in an environment where it's kind of contained and that air can actually circulate around baby quite easily because yeah as you say it gets much hotter and much more quickly dehydrated than older children and adults. And I do remember one of my first outings was to a church hall that was really hot yeah. and everyone wanted to hold the baby and I sort of suddenly thought, oh, hang on a second, I think this, this baby's getting a bit hot. And from then on there's photographs of him just in his nappy and on the floor. And <laughs> Yeah, and look, that's simple things like that can be like make all the difference. So, you know, baby will potentially get overheated by being nursed and in sort of stuffy environments getting nursed can be a real clincher for baby so yeah taking the clothes off letting baby have air circulating by being either on a mat on the floor or somewhere just a little cooler and letting some air circulate usually makes all the difference in the world so and it's awful because everyone wants to nurse a new baby don't they and that can be the biggest thing at getting overheated from the adult's body heat. If babies do get quite hot they can get a little prickly rash as well. Yeah look a heat rash I think one thing to say is that Generally speaking, it looks worse than it is, but the only thing about it is just to be mindful that it's not something else developing so that it is just heat rash and not actually signs that baby's becoming unwell. And the main way you can tell that is by checking baby's temp, making sure baby's feeding well, and just making sure again that it's passing urine. If you're ever in doubt about a rash, no one again is going to shame you. Go and get it checked by your health professional. I think it's super important that you make sure that it's not sort of a sign of some other problem with the baby's health. I had actually heard that for new mothers, that chest triangle from under the chin to the top of your breast regulates temperature according to what a baby needs. Is that? That is actually true. That's not that's not shoot you down in flame stuff. But it tends to be more, that sort of area there tends to be more around keeping baby warm enough and regulated against you, particularly when it's newborn. So we put baby up on their skin to skin against mum to help it regulate its temperature right at birth. So you know how you, you probably heard a lot about skin to skin nowadays that we, you know, we want to make sure that baby stays next to mum after it's born. And that little triangle there really is the temperature that helps helps baby get baby get sort of the right temp and maintain that temperature in that period of time but we can use that again if we find that baby is getting 
too hot or cold. We can actually strip baby off. And obviously mum also needs to have nothing against her in that patch, so it needs to be against her skin. And that can be a useful thing, although mums often find it a bit sweaty when they're hot. It does help up. As we know for adults, the sweat sort of evaporating helps cool us down. I'm presuming that would work with the baby. It does work with baby. It just doesn't, it just makes mum feel a bit yuck. It helps, (laughs) it helps baby. But you know, I I can imagine if you've had a summer baby, I've also had a summer baby. You remember that feeling of baby on your skin and you're sweating and going, oh my goodness. But you're right. It does help baby to sort of regulate its own temperature. And that's obviously what they do in countries where, you know, there's no air conditioning there's no nothing. They just pop baby there and, and carry it around. So it's fascinating what our bodies are designed to do. Is there anything else that you should watch out for? Look, I think that the the main thing is that avoiding the direct sunlight is the biggest thing. I really sort of suggest that women do not stay outside in that sort of central part of the day where it's really, really hot because everything is hot. Even if you're in the shade, it's hot. So you need to do that. The other thing is obviously making sure that mum is really well hydrated. If she's breastfeeding, it's like the breast milk composition changes during the day to mirror what the baby needs. So if the baby's really, really thirsty, it will drink and it will need more water, sort of waterier breast milk. And so if mum's dehydrated, then that's a major issue. So mum also has to really watch what she's doing in terms of her fluid intake and bump it up you know we're sort of saying drinking sort of a litre and a half to two litres a day if you're breastfeeding normally if it's a really hot day you might even need more than that to make sure that you're regulating your own hydration levels the best way you can tell is obviously by the colour of your own urine if you've got nice diluted urine you know that you're kind of well hydrated and that you're able to pass that on to baby. There's some new research starting to come out about breastfeeding and you might be tempted to think, oh, look, I I just fed them half an hour ago. I won't have milk now. But there's some new research that's actually saying that breast milk is is actually manufactured while the baby's feeding. Absolutely. Like it really is, It's an, we're astonishing creatures in that we're producing it all the time and we're producing it to the baby's demand. So, you know, the more that you feed, the more milk that you produce. And that's exactly right. It do, Just because baby's fed sort of even 20 minutes, half an hour ago, doesn't mean that you won't have a constant supply. And that's why in those really hot days, babies just sit on the breast, you know, nearly constantly because they're just making, it and drinking it and that's that's what they need to sort of keep themselves healthy and well as a mum breastfeeding is a bit of a tough gig and you can be feeling a bit uncomfortable how can you keep your cool as a breastfeeding mother yeah that look that's a super important question actually it's really important to stay in an environment where you're not exposed to direct sunlight direct heat to stay in front of a fan to have cool cloths even on the back of your neck on the back of your upper back to sit in air conditioned environment is great and just for you to also think about things like taking some layers off so find somewhere where you can have some privacy and you can actually not totally disrobe but you know take off the take off your shirt if you need to and that kind of thing and obviously a cool glass of water nearby is essential so that you can be sipping on that the whole way through I often suggest to women also you know have a cool shower before or after you feed if you're feeling really sticky because that will help to cool you down and keep you well hydrated. And one of the traps that 
I know I did fall into is you've often got, especially around Christmas time, older relatives going, oh, you shouldn't feed so much, you'll spoil the baby, you'll get them out of routine, blah, blah, blah. I don't really think that's a thing for a really little baby. Look, it's definitely not a thing for a really little baby. You know, obviously as babies get a little bit older, they get into a bit of a pattern and they tend to feed sort of regularly, but not, they just feed when they need to, when they're a bit older. As a new little baby, you know, under six weeks or even under sort of three months, they will feed really randomly when they're hot and bothered. And particularly over Christmas time, you hear relatives, you're exactly right, saying things like, I'll just give them some water. Don't, don't necessarily feed them. Look, you don't need to give them any water. You can just use your breast as the regulating factor because, as I said, the breast milk will become more fluidy, more watery if the baby's needing more water and more like food when the baby needs food. And the baby actually is the person that regulates what that is like. So we don't have to listen to grandma or great auntie saying, get them a get them a bottle of water. They, you can just put them back to their breast and that will help. Obviously for mums who are not breastfeeding or who are expressing, it's a whole nother ball game. But, but for mums that are breastfeeding, that's the way to manage things. That advice about feeding water, if you're breastfeeding, that's ridiculous. Ignore yep. it completely. Yeah. If you if you are bottle feeding and either express breast milk or formula, you've got a bit more of an idea of how much liquid's going in. And is there anything that you need to check under those circumstances? Look, I always say make sure that you've invested if you if you're pumping, make sure you've invested in a good pump. Obviously as I'm the Avent ambassador, we have some fantastic breast pumps. Make sure that you've got your breast milk stocked up and that you've got plenty there because you can still just feed breast milk and you'll actually look at the composition of your breast milk and you'll see that it varies at various times of the day. But obviously, if you're formula feeding, you do know exactly what baby's having. You can boost up the quota just a little bit, or you can give baby, you can offer a little bit of water if that's something that if you feel like baby's looking really dehydrated and you're not actually able to get formula into baby, you can offer a little bit of additional fluid if you feel that that's something that you need to do. And it's not as because obviously the composition of formula is just set, so you're not actually changing it to be more fluid or more food as such. Basically, if you are at all worried, this is the opportunity to call your maternal child health nurse, your nurse online, head to the doctor if it's a little bit more serious, especially if you're a new mum. The health professionals are pretty good. Nobody will shame you for asking for advice if you're worried. Absolutely not. Look, there is there is no point in actually struggling on. We do have masses of resources available to new mums now, which is fantastic. We have all of the helplines, which help women to be able, just able to sit on the phone and talk to somebody. Places like ABA have breast feeding advice lines and you also have maternal and child health nurses midwives are available for up to six weeks with a medicare rebate so you can always call your local midwife and they can see you or obviously your gp or even if things are really serious obviously emergency departments if you've got a baby that's looking like it's really really unwell but even over those christmas days all those services are available and it's important that you don't sort of get caught up in 
thinking, oh, you know, I shouldn't trouble somebody, it's Christmas or whatever, that you actually call out for help when you need it because no one is ever going to be concerned about you seeking more help than, they'd rather you seek more help than not yes. seek help at all. Yes, I have done all those things and called helplines turned up an emergency. Nothing was hugely wrong, but people could not have been nicer about it. So speaking from experience, and I suppose the other thing is as well is that if you are having a hard time, breastfeeding is tough, tough to start off with. But tough. then once you get the hang of it, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> I keep saying, it, you know, starting to ride a bike is really horrible and you can't imagine you've got it. But then when you suddenly realise you've got this amazing on-tap resource for hot days, cold days, sick babies, healthy babies, it's really worth sticking with, isn't it? Look, it is really worth sticking with and I don't think... I could say too much how important it is to just get support and advice because really most problems can be ironed out, whether it's that you think you haven't got enough milk, whether it think you think you've got too much milk, whether you've got sore nipples, can't get baby on, whatever it is. Generally speaking, all of that can be resolved with good support and advice. And having someone to actually sit with you in those first few weeks for breastfeeding support is really important. So midwives can do that, lactation consultants can do that. We're all trained to sort of go out to the home and sit with mums while they're breastfeeding. And certainly these days there's no reason why a woman should not be able to get that level of support in Australia. You should be able to get someone to come and sit with you and watch your feeding. And sometimes it can be the tiniest, tiniest change. But having had a baby that I was unwell and I wasn't able to breastfeed one of my three babies, I know how much harder it is to actually formula feed than it is to breastfeed because you just can't just kind of go anywhere and do anything. You constantly have to think about whether you've got something there to feed baby. And obviously with breastfeeding, you can just go do whatever. It manufactures it to your need and that's just the easiest way to go. Yeah, it is it is a lovely thing to try and stick with if you yeah. possibly can. And I guess the other thing is no judgment on any midwives, but if you're in a hospital care sitting, you'll find some that you get on with better than others. And if you don't like the lactation consultant, get another one. Look, you know, I could not say this more about any sort of aspect of pregnancy, labour and birth care or post-birth care, that you always need to find a care provider that you feel comfortable with. If you're not getting on with the person that's caring for you wherever you are in your childbirthing journey, sing out because we now have these wonderful systems of allowing you to have a midwife with Medicare. We now have lots and lots of different resources in the community. So you should be able to get somebody to speak to that you really like, that you get on with, that you trust. And that is the clincher to get getting over the line with your breastfeeding journey and for, for all aspects really of your pregnancy and birth and post-birth care. It's just so important. It is such a, a tricky part of being a mother and it's one, it's the area that I really feel like I was completely the least prepared for, the bit that I yeah. kind of thought was going to come naturally and wouldn't be too hard. It was, I think that's what, I think that's, I don't think you're alone in that. I think every woman 
thinks, oh, once I get through the birth, you know, I can't wait for the baby to be here, which of course you can't wait. But when it actually comes, as we said at the beginning of the of the chat, it's just like a tsunami because you just feel like you've got this little helpless being that you've suddenly got somebody totally reliant on you that you've never had. You've never had that level of reliance before in your life with your first baby. And all of a sudden you're responsible for it 24-7. There's no putting it down and walking away. You actually have to just deal with it all of the time. And that is that is a massive, massive shift. And I think, you know, we're seeing the rates of things like you know, postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety rising because women are isolated. They think they should be able to do those things really easily. And sometimes if they haven't got great support around them or haven't found a healthcare provider that they really can access and trust, it just becomes overwhelming. Liz Wilkes, midwife and parental educator, talking about keeping out of trouble with your newborn in those very hot summer days. Over the last couple of weeks on Baby Talk, we've had some great advice on how to get through the busy, hot and relative intense holiday season. Dr. Harvey Karp spoke to us last time about helping prepare babies and young toddlers for dealing with an onslaught of relatives and family friends over summer. And I hope that was helpful. You're just going to take it in stride when you see everybody because you've done it so many times. But for a little child, it's really quite a new event and that can throw them off stride and it can lead to more tantrums. They're unsure, they're they're being approached by strangers whom they don't know who are acting overly familiar with them. It can be a stressful situation for the little ones. I do hope you're looking forward to this new year as a parent. And if there's anything we can do to help, please get in contact with Baby Talk via Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we have the accounts Baby Talk with Penny. And hopefully they're easy enough to find online. I'm Penny Johnston and I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.